Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and this is The Daily DC. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast, debate number one. Yes, we have finally made it into the nomination season for the first Democratic presidential debate. Uh, it certainly is a turning point in the campaign season. This is going to be the largest audience any of these candidates have been before to date in this campaign season. Elizabeth Warren got into this race back in December, and six months later, she's now taking the debate stage for the first time. So everybody has their what to watch for lists, and I am no different. So so here are my, I guess, one, two, three, four, five. I've got six things to watch for and then a cautionary note at the end about tonight's debate. So as you know, the stage, the debate is happening over two nights, 10 candidates per, per night. And here's my what to watch for uh, this evening on debate number one. One, this is Elizabeth Warren's big moment. So does she take this opportunity of being uh, the only one of the top five candidates on the stage? Does she rise above the field, sort of play frontrunner role since she's the only one of the top five on the stage and sort of try to stay above the fray? Does she take more incoming because she's the clear top tier contender on the stage? Does she take more incoming from the other nine than she's used to getting? And, and how does she handle that? And does she tee anything up? for Sanders or Biden to deal with her two competitors at the top of the race to deal with tomorrow night in some way? Does she leave uh, something out there that the moderators fear, feel compelled to sort of follow up on and insert into debate uh, number two? So how Elizabeth Warren handles what is probably the biggest moment of her political career to date, I think, is something that is key to watch for tonight. Number two, the ideological battle within the Democratic Party, uh, that's going to be on display tonight. You don't have to wait for night two to see Biden versus Sanders. There's going to be plenty of that this evening because with John Delaney and Amy Klobuchar on the stage, two candidates who have been really hugging the center moderate wing of the Democratic Party as, as part of uh, this nomination season, you know, they're going to get up there with their approach of, of pragmatism, of uh, accomplishable goals, of sort of iterative policy uh, making, and how that balances up against de Blasio, Warren, Booker, some uh, very progressive liberals uh, on the left spectrum of the party, and their larger style sort of big dreams, systemic change kind of a message being offered, how that ideological battle plays out. And if it is clear from the way that the debate plays out that, you know, do Democratic voters perceive a more centrist, moderate, small bore approach as a more electable approach when thinking about the general election context? Or do they think a fiery liberal progressive uh, is the way to take down Donald Trump? That'll be uh, sort of voter reaction to this ideological battle this evening, I think, is key. Do any of the one percenters do something with this moment? So you've got Tim Ryan, congressman from Ohio, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, John Delaney, former congressman from Maryland, Tulsi Gabbard, congresswoman from Hawaii, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington. Uh, can any of those one percenters make a move tonight? And if they can't, when? I mean, 
Perhaps they'll all be on the debate stage again uh, in Detroit. They've met the threshold since it's the same for both this debate and uh, the CNN debates in, in Detroit at the end of July. But is this, you know, one of their last best opportunities to really make a move? And uh, how do they handle that? Cory Booker. I'm very intrigued to see him tonight because he has gotten more attention and more interest in his campaign in the last week. If you just look at Google searches for Cory Booker, there's been more interest in him with his battle against Biden over Biden's uh, storytelling about the being able to work with the segregationist uh, senators despite his opposition to their viewpoints and policies. How does Booker extend that moment? Biden's not on the stage tonight. Does he try to inject that into this? His campaign put out that memo that we discussed on the podcast yesterday saying simple goal, introduce himself to Americans. But is that how Cory Booker is going to extend what has been probably the best week of his candidacy? That's a question I have tonight. And then also Castro and O'Rourke are on the stage tonight. And Inslee's on the stage tonight. So to me, from a policy perspective, one of the things I'm watching for is Castro and O'Rourke are very identified with immigration, Inslee very identified with climate change as sort of their leading issues. Does that sort of guarantee that immigration and climate change are going to be a couple of the focal points in the debate tonight? Uh, Does that suck a lot of time away from Elizabeth Warren's economic pitch about the middle class. Obviously, she'll get that in there, that she thinks everything's working quite well for the wealthy, but not for uh, everyone else. This is her main message. But are we going to see immigration and climate change take up more time uh, than other issues tonight? I I think that's an intriguing thing to watch for. Electability. Who makes the best electability argument? And how do you do that? I mean, this is clearly an issue that is top of mind for Democratic voters. In poll after poll after poll, they say they want somebody who undoubtedly can beat Donald Trump. Well, I don't know that there's undoubtedly guarantees like that in American politics. But nonetheless, they are looking for someone who can assure them that that is the best person to put up against Donald Trump, to have the best chance of victory against him. How you sell that on the debate stage tonight. I'm curious to see how they all do it because it's something every Democratic voter wants to hear from each of these 20 candidates. And here's my note of caution. I got at this a little bit in the podcast yesterday, but if you are expecting a big brawl, candidates going after each other, I just think your expectations are off the mark. I think if you get 7 to 11 minutes or so, as a candidate, these candidates want to find something in their biography and their policy positions that they can put out there that Democratic voters can then grab onto, that lives on after the debate. Not necessarily some viral moment because they went after their opponent, but some moment that connects with voters that they can offer up that then people are searching for that, that perhaps they're going to their websites and finding that donate button and giving $5 to that candidate. When you see that kind of interest in a candidacy after a debate, if there's an uptick in interest in that person, people say they want to hear more about them, that is a definition of success. That is introducing yourself, getting yourself out there on your terms, again, whether it's biographical or, or policy oriented or on the Trump electability factor, whatever it is that you find some way to connect, offer something that people grab onto, search, hey, I'll donate to this candidate, this intrigues me kind of a thing. That's the metric of success, more than a viral moment or some takedown witticism uh, that they may offer up against another candidate, which is why I don't expect this to be 
as rough and tumble as I think it will be a much more side by side by side by side by side uh, attempts of the candidates to keep the voters wanting more. Because for a lot of these candidacies, folks, the window is closing. When we get to September, the debate in September, it just may be one night. There may only be eight or nine people on that stage out of the 23 or 24 candidates that are in the race. We'll be approaching at that point the end of the third fundraising quarter. Only a few people are going to have the money to go the distance. So the window is closing for a lot of these also-rans or to-be also-rans. And uh, if you leave the debate stage tonight with people wanting more from you, wanting to learn a bit more or something to hook onto, that keeps you alive in this in this battle for the Democratic nomination. That does it for this edition of The Daily DC. Be sure to tune in to CNN tonight from 11 p.m. onward. We will have full debate analysis and then again on New Day in the morning. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in again right here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.